No, all this this banter wasted. Now how will people know that they may have a best of episode in their future? It'll be like what? Fast Karate for the Gentleman, the best of Joel White. <laughs> I'd like the best. You should do I that. Probably do should... a best of Scabs episode. He's only been on two. <laughs> you should do a best of me, but have it just be like thirty solid minutes of that. Oh no, looped. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I, I don't think that. people will really appreciate the joke, but some might think it's funny. It's high concept. So I was at the uh, the store the other day getting ingredients for soup. Been on a soup kick recently. We made corn chowder. Nice. Bacon corn chowder. It was pretty Snap. good. I'm a pretty big fan of the chicken corn chowder myself. Well, I would have made chicken corn chowder, but that sort of meat preparation requires a lot of work. How hard is it to make chicken? Well, you got to chop it into tiny pieces, and then you got to cook it. Dude, you are lazy. I am lazy, but I make a mean corn chowder. So anyway, there were these, these boxes of cookies called Oreo Cakesters, which I am oh, dining no. on right now. They were on sale. And I was like, all right. So for those that don't know, a cakester is something in the shape of an Oreo, but it has more the consistency of a ho-ho. Um, so I was digging it. They were on sale. I said, why not? I'll try some new things. I get home and I open the box, and they are individually packaged. Or they're like snack packs. So this box of cookies that cost me $3.50 has 12 cookies in it. <laughs> you got burned, son. I was you should have gone with the Libble Debbie. Kill someone. Zebra cakes, they will never do you wrong. It's yeah, 89 cents and you get 4,000. Yeah, you get zebra more than really any person the- should eat ever. Yeah, zebra cakes. Consuming all of the contents of this box will kill you. Yeah. No matter when you eat it. So like you could you could eat like four or like eat like there's like twelve in a box. You eat like eleven of them when you're ten on your ninetieth birthday, you eat the last one. Instant death. It's actually been approved as a form of euthanasia in some countries. <laughs> They're so delicious. Nobody can deny somebody that. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you only got to you get to eat twelve zebra cakes in your entire life. When you eat the twelfth one, should be up to you. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine some like oh man, a coma patient. They're feeding him the zebra cake through yeah. a drip. This is how he wanted to go. Uh, you families around him crying. He can't even taste it. This is cruel. He knows it's zebra cake. They're giving it to him through an IV. <laughs> He's going to come back and haunt him. I couldn't taste the zebra cake. I wanted to. Why'd you, guys you do it to me? ruined it for me. I could have woken up and then committed gonna... suicide by zebra cake. Ah, <laughs> uh, zebra cakes. Freaking gross. The little Debbie snack that always does me in are the enormous oatmeal pies. Those things are so good. Those, Those things really are like Pringles. Are. They're, they're the best. Once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah. Only they're oatmeal pies, so you can stop when your pancreas shuts down. <laughs> I think the problem is, with things like that, they're very large. Like, you know, when you get those things, it's like one big cookie. So if you look at it quantitate, yeah, quantitatively, <laughs> you're like, I only ate one cookie. <laughs> but it's like five cookies. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably like the worst kind of cookie for you. I mean, I don't know what chemicals they use in those things, but I'm pretty sure they're they're designed to destroy your body. Yeah. So I don't know. 
when I got oatmeal cookies, I would have to leave them in a separate room. Because <laughs> that was really the only way to control myself. Yeah. And I don't think anyone would have blamed me. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. I basically just don't buy them because I'm going to end up eating like four before yeah. I leave the store. <laughs> My life is much happier when I don't buy snack products. <laughs> I can't resist. Oh. But what are we talking about, Dave? Parasite what are we dolls, about? dude. The yeah, we are talking about parasite being dolls. Able to find the 80 police DVD continues. So I figured we'd uh, use this weak ass placebo. <laughs> <laughs> to sort of supplant the need. I'm jonesing for it. I need so my, instead uh, of the relatively bubble good spin-off to Bubblegum Crisis, we're watching the incredibly shitty spin-off to Bubblegum Crisis 2040, which is Parasite Dolls. Nice. Which I was pretty excited about when I first heard about it. And then I watched it. Yeah. And it wasn't awesome at all. Like, 2040 was pretty sweet. I certainly... It is not popular to have that opinion on the internet. I don't know why. Because, listen, I mean, I like Bubblegum Crisis, the original show, a lot. But that show is so retarded. Well, yeah. You like, can't... It's, it's not this golden cow. <laughs> yes, Bubblegum Crisis is awesome. But it definitely has issues. It's not like a paragon of cinematic storytelling it's a dumbass 80s cartoon that is so much fun to watch it's ridiculous yeah so 2040 is different it tries to be a little more serious tries to have an actual story (laughs) it tries to make nene less of a read no it doesn't what am i saying she still sucks um they couldn't change that that's an essential part of the narrative things no it does not you can't even but call it, it bubblegum crisis if Nene is not dumb. Yeah, I know. A noticeable lack of pipes. That's one of its many flaws. What are you talking about? The whole dragon line? That was like one big-ass pipe kicking oh, that's Nene's true. ass. Mm. It's like so the anyway, power lines in the city are up in arms. Nene's like, I'm going to go hide in a closet. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's my worst nightmare. It's, it's coming true. Just commit suicide. It's like, I can't do it. I can't face him. Face yeah. what? The pipes, Celia. The so pipes. that's what uh that, that's really where Parasite Dolls goes wrong first. Uh, it doesn't include any bubblegum actual any characters from Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah, or it barely even seems to take place in the same universe. It's basically a Ghost in the Shell ripoff that is terrible. Um, it's like they took the the I like somebody's like I understand Ghost in the Shell, which nobody really does, not even the creator. But they decided, like, oh, I get that. Let's make one of those in uh, the Bubblegum Crisis universe. It's like, how are we going to incorporate that with 80s pop rock? We're not going to. I'm Uh, getting out of this project. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. With Bubblegum Crisis 2040, opinions are up in the air. And that's fair. Mine is soundly resolved because the ending features, like, a melty dinosaur robot suit on the moon. I thought that was pretty sweet. (laughs) because it's a robot suit but it has a face like a dinosaur and it's all melting i was thinking why they created boomers that looked like people like why bother (laughs) why not do like boomer the one in the beginning he was like it's break time everybody take a break yeah that was pretty hot yeah so anyway the opinion on uh parasite dolls if this was like a supreme court case 
there would be very little deliberation. This would be like a, a bipartisan meeting where they would like get together and shake hands and embrace, and they would all know that they came to the right decision. As they were condemning all the so people involved in this project bad. to death. Oh, man. Like, Bubblegum Crisis 2040 can be kind of whack with the character designs, and <clears throat> the animation isn't always so hot. There is... In the first episode of this show, there is a car crash that is basically not animated. <laughs> the The truck is like an, two orange boxes stuck together, and the car is like a weird gray polygon. Yeah. Like, no shading, barely any actual animation. For all we know, this was drawn on a piece of construction paper and then moved with stop motion. It could be that way. And that's in the first couple minutes of the show. After The only thing that really happens before that is we're introduced to the main character, Buzz, who loves playing the saxophone and having sex with his robot maid. He Maybe. doesn't, though. That ain't his he, thing. He sure shoots her in the head at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes, which is... That's sort of a strange, like, series of revelations... Like, you can already tell that he's kind of disaffected with the fact that he has a robot housekeeper who pretends or is programmed to act like his wife. But then, like, at the very end of the episode, she's basically kneeling before the sink decapitated, and he's yeah. grooving to some smooth jazz. <laughs> um, one wonders how you can be disaffected by your robot maid that acts like your wife and probably offers you handjobs. Um, yeah. I think the appropriate reaction like is always creeped choice. out. Well, no, it seems like you're either one way or the other with that. And you're not going to have one of these things and be like, well, I don't really like it, but it's around. Yeah. Um, like, it, maybe, like, a coworker or a friend gave it to him as a present, and it's, like, the ultimate form of, like, the sweater you don't like. <laughs> so, like, he's like, I can't throw it away, and if he comes over, I have to have it out, or, like, I have to be wearing it every once in a while. So this is what it is with the maid. He's like, I don't want to ruin our friendship. So I guess yeah, I just got to what... keep the sex maid around. It, yeah, basically all he uses it for, apparently, is to wash dishes. And there are machines that do that now. And if yeah. you need a robot to do it, <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't need even to have look to look like human. A sexy maid. <laughs> yeah, you could have like a dishwashing cat. That would be awesome. I would love it if one of my cats decided uh, to do the Joel, dishes. The only cats in the Parasite Dolls universe are hiding boomer crushers inside of them. <laughs> yeah, that was a little creepy. Yeah. Especially considering know, the boomer crusher is roughly 100 times the size of the cat. Yeah, well, it's a totally overused. Uh, internet cliche or whatever but i'm gonna say it here it's like Chekhov's cat <laughs> you see that cat and you're like there's no way they're gonna spend this much time on that cat unless it is more than just a cat but i had actually forgotten most of this show especially how damn i guess the the title should have reminded me but there's a lot of sex in this show yes a lot An of weird robot sex uncomfortable amount it it's is not ridiculous like that weird sex and Robot sex and Blade Runner where you're like, this is examining the difference. If Is there really a difference? I don't know. Between people and robots, this is like, it's just weird. Yeah, it's not examining anything. It's really just, I guess, people are, people are totally depraved and robots serve that depravity. I don't know. Yeah, until they get crushed by a boomer crusher, <laughs> which is actually, I mean, 
A Boomer Crusher both describes what he is and what he does. It's the most appropriately named Boomer ever. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the Super Boomer, where it's like, I guess he's kind of super, but he went out like a punk. You know the Boomer Crusher? All he does is crush Boomers. Though it seems kind of unfair that not only does he have the crushing thing, but he also shoots off this crazy laser that yeah. bores a hole in a wall. Like, that's not really so much with the crushing, is it? Well, at one point, at some point you have to wonder, like, how many features does this thing really need to have? You know, it's kind of like you look at your cell phone, and you're like, all right, it's a camera. It gets yeah. email. I can MP3s. tweet from it. Do I really need more stuff? I mean, I've got this weird serpentine robot constrictor. Yeah. Well, I've does always it need felt a laser like beam? Convergence is just where we are right now. It's just not really that good of an idea. You get one thing that does everything you want to do pretty crappily. What I, what I want to know is, why does it even need to constrict the boomers to death? You've got a laser. Because some scientist was like... You wouldn't even have to stalk them. Like, the cat could have one of those in its eyes. It wouldn't need yeah, to barf really out this enormous the... robot. You could just like... What is this, like, negative space that the robot inhabits while it is inside the kitten? What's even worse is after it comes out of the cat and is the boomer crusher, it then transforms again into like some kind of weird arachnid boomer. So it's not even like it could be made of some weird cloth that is super strong. It's like, no, it had an entire metal skeleton inside of it. Oh, no, man. Maybe it just bunches itself up really, really tight. What I want to know is if this boomer crusher is so tough and boomers are so much stronger than humans... How come Michelson, the Pris wannabe who doesn't even have a hard suit, manages yeah. to take one out with a knife? I don't know. I don't really get her character at all. She's like, there to tick you off. Most of the most of the characters well, in this show seem in to be just in the first episode. Like, I guess with, she's like parks her helicopter or hovers her helicopter outside the like weird cyber sex ring, and then she like she's shooting at the windows with the helicopter, which. How did nobody get shot by that? I don't know. They were all kind of just sitting there in the room, and then she shoots up all the windows. Everybody's like, huh? But yeah, while she's she just doing sprays that, a like, Gatling gun. The curtains were closed. Yeah. While she's doing that, she's, like, licking her lips. Yeah. And then in the next episode, when they go to, like, the, the sexy boomer factory where they make the sexy boomers, she's like, I, I mean, I know I'm not, a, I'm not a prude or anything, but, you know, I am a girl. <laughs> You could tell me when we went to places like this. So it's like you were definitely getting aroused by the whole shooting of the See, I wonder. Thing. I wonder if it wasn't like she, you know, she was kind of licking her lips to concentrate on the aiming before she shot. Like maybe that's what it was like, you know, you kind of bite your tongue when you're thinking. Yeah, I guess. But inside the context of this show, it is impossible to interpret it that way. <laughs> yeah. You just have to like kind of randomly flail for a justification. Otherwise, you're just going to feel dirty all over. I don't know. I feel like Parasite Dolls, every episode in this show is a pretty good idea. Uh, like, you hear these things, like, okay, the first episode's sort of standard. There's like a drug out there that's making boomers go crazy, and we don't know why, and we have to stop them. Like, that's a pretty common plot. It's a pretty common plot, even inside of Bubblegum Crisis, not to mention anime as a whole. The, real pr- the problem, though, is that there are these pretty good ideas that are executed better in other arenas like you know you got strange days which does the first episode way better uh the boomer crusher episode i don't even know what that was about 
<laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of like a Blade Runner type thing, or it could even just be Ghost in the Shell. Like that one really ran pal- parallel a lot to the questions yeah. that get asked in Ghost of the Shell and are answered uh, much better. But that's like the second episode is this perfect example of the wasted opportunity of the show. Like they have this, um, the Boomer Crusher is looking for this specific Boomer sex bot, like this Boomer prostitute. Well, that's Dave just seems- used the shorthand of sexeroid. Yeah, my bad. I've forgotten our roots. <laughs> I, I, it's tough for me to identify them as a sexeroid if they're not inside a robot suit equipped with a nuclear bomb set to detonate <laughs> when the user dies. <laughs> that's sort of how I identify them. So, so anyway, yeah, she's a sexeroid, but she's somehow sort of she's gained autonomy, I guess, where other boomer prostitutes seem a lot more brain dead or whatever. Um, and she has these, I guess what you could interpret as fantasies of humanity or something like that. And sure, it's it's a fine idea. It's probably something that could be experienced in 30 minutes. Um, or it could be related, could be explored in 30 minutes. It is not in Parasite Dolls. Like, not at all. You have no idea what's going on with this girl. In like, the... They have the chi- the helicopter pilot chick go undercover as a prostitute and, like, follow her around. And she bursts into the hotel room to find her somehow draining the life out of her John. Well, what um, she does is this is she injects a drug into guys that makes her, like, that bends the line between reality and fantasy. But she also has the ability to make that lethal. And so these, when she why dreams, is all this happening? Maybe, Dave, we don't know. We got no idea. <laughs> yes, you don't know. Well, a, then, a, ostensibly she was designed by some sort of weird creator guy who is basically there to talk to her once and then tell her she's free at the end, so that she can then go stumble off on a cliff off a cliff while following after a, I don't know, illusion. Yeah. Uh, Mike, the Ro- Michelson, who is the helicopter pilot chick, bursts into the room, and she's noticeably, understandably, a little put off by the whole display of her draining the life out of a client. Um, and that's when the super boomer, or the boomer crusher, pops out of the cat. Well, what's even crazier is suddenly- she took the cat to the crime scene. Yeah. And I mean, she, well, she I've took had the cats cat before. from a crime scene, so she figured that's where the cat would be happiest. <laughs> I've had, you know, like the cat sits around her shoulders, and your number one sign that this cat is not a real cat is that when you fire a gun around it, it does not immediately yeah. run as far away from well, you as possible. She also rides around on her motorcycle with the cat sitting on her shoulder. <laughs> How does that work? She must have a thick ass jacket on, because otherwise yeah. her shoulders would be cut to ribbons. But anyway, like so, the super boomer pops out, and suddenly all is forgiven with the boomer chick who's been killing her prostitute clients. She's like, now, now we have to save the the murderous boomer chick. Well, in a Why? certain, I don't know. We don't even know who she is, really. In a certain sense, though, that makes her more like Pris, because she, you know totally overreacts to the situation and chooses the wrong emotional response and then the She's... person dies at the end of the episode yeah exactly so maybe this is more like bubblegum crisis than we originally imagined yeah but the problem is that there's also all this other garbage going on around it that just yeah 
It's bad. It's bad, Kazuto Nakazawa. Oh, you Why wrote you down people's like names. Armitage? Um, yeah, man. I feel like episode two should be called. Even though I'm a girl, I can still do police work good. <laughs> well, it's so lame. It's like I don't know. You feel like she's just sort of foisted upon the stage because I was I was kind of comfortable with the idea of following Buzz around all the time. Yeah, but no. And then the third episode. It's probably the best plot in the show in that if this were an actual show with competent people behind it, (laughs) it could make a good plot. And if it was like a full length show, um, I, there's a politician, he's using anti-boomer sentiment to rise in power, even though he sort of doesn't really care one way or the other. Well, he pretends he, he's basically crazy. Yeah. Like, real crazy. Well, he's, like, having sex with boomers and then shooting them in the head. And a meeting. like, six dudes around. It's <laughs> like, you're going to be our president. That? How can... I love it how the, the guy doesn't have a problem until he shoots the boomer. Like, that's when it becomes a problem for you? This is... Really? You don't talk back to him. He's, like, the next prime minister. If he's going to have sex with a robot in your presence, you better hope he doesn't ask you to join in. <laughs> that's all that, you can hope for. That whole conversation would be filled with a lot of uncomfortable clearing of the throat on my part. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. like, where's my papers? Oh, I need something <laughs> from my briefcase. <laughs> like a gun to put a bullet in my head. Oh, what's even crazier is after he shoots the boomer, he then like caps some girl that's standing behind him and he's like, get up. Cleanse yourself of weakness. It's like, you just shot that person. <laughs> I don't know who's so, yeah. dumber or crazier, you or her. Uh, you see all these things happen, and you're like, the creators of the show are like, yes, this is a deep, dark exploration of mankind's disgusting sexuality. It's like the darkest recesses of man. But it's like, no, it's just kind of pretty stupid. <laughs> well, what's even better is like, I love it how they they reveal that Buzz and his boss Takahashi are actually the same age, even though they are clearly not the same age. Yeah, he looks like he's about twenty five, and his boss looks like about seventy from anime standards. Yeah, and he's like, oh, they went to the same class, and then you know Buzz meets with somebody who also looks a lot older than him, and they both realize that Surame, who is this, uh, you know, the politician. The politician who's... The who's, crazy guy. Yeah, the crazy guy. Uh, is using the thesis that Buzz wrote about hiding bombs and using the electrical grid of a city to set them off to destroy the city and then pin it all on Buzz. And but you're like, like, really? Like, how much did this Buzz guy do? Apparently, he shot a little girl, became a very good jazz musician. Yeah. Uh, so, well, it's sort of like the Reginald Vell Johnson in Die Hard... <laughs> Where he's talking about how he like shot the kid because the kid had a toy gun and he thought it was a real gun. It was dark out and that's why he, he could never fire a gun. And again, he just had to eat Twinkies. Yeah. Um, except <laughs> it's like nowhere near as good as that. Maybe because the scene suffers from a distinct lack of Bruce Willis removing glass from his feet. Oh my God, I'm so going to watch Die Hard tonight. It's the greatest um, Christmas movie ever. It really is. I mean... 
Okay, so it's like the greatest action movie ever, first off. And then it's the great basically anything that exists in Die Hard that could be tied to a theme, it's the greatest of that sort of movie ever. I mean, they do mention football in it briefly, so I'm willing to consider it for the position of greatest football movie ever. <laughs> or well, greatest football movie ever to not star a person who would later become a hobbit. <laughs> Or associate director of CTU. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, there are a couple. <laughs> it had uh, Parasite Dolls definitely has its moments that just make you scratch your head. Like there's this one moment where they they just got done firing rockets at a building, and then this voice comes over the loudspeaker, yeah, and it it it, it like admonishes the guys and says, "Hey, yeah. fire our insurance budget." <laughs> I'm like, you even have a helicopter insurance budget in this city? Nobody would be willing to insure your in helicopter pilots universe, because they're all retarded. Like, we know what happens to helicopter pilots in Bubblegum Crisis. <laughs> no one would ever insure them. <laughs> or if they did, the the cost would skyrocket. I feel like the, uh, the, the, the third episode's plot is far and away the most absurd. And that is... It's following. It was preceded by an episode with a boomer crusher in it. <laughs> uh, like we, I have no idea why the politician wants to pin this on Buzz. Like I really have no idea why he's. I mean, is he blowing up the city for like anti-boomer sentiment? Is he doing it to like purge the weak from the system? He's which pinning is like, it on Buzz so that he can get rid of uh, branch, branch, which is yeah, yeah. But doesn't he just kill? Takahashi or whatever the guy's name is. Well, yeah, but he, he he needs to pin it on Buzz because if he makes Buzz look crazy, he can pin all the murders on him too. Which which is just totally stupid. Because it is like, totally stupid. Buzz is warned that he's like he's using your thesis, he's using your plan, and then he's gonna pin it on you. And then, literally, the next scene, Buzz is exonerated. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the point? Like, why, there's no, I don't want to, this is not the podcast where we talk about, like, structure, narrative decisions and stuff like that, but why are you going to, there's no tension if you say he's going to be pinned with this giant conspiracy, and then the next scene is the last scene in the show. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, and it's it's all resolved. Yeah. Feels like bubblegum crisis to me. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just blinded. Like, it's like I I love Bubblegum Crisis so much that I can't see these flaws. But it's just so stupid. well. No, see the problem is that Bubblegum Crisis didn't have you know the critical flaws of unnecessary sex. It's just like wow, if this show didn't have all that garbage, it kind of did. There was some like sexy vampire boomer blood swapping going on, and it's like if AIDS exists in this universe, you have it. <laughs> Especially because the, the vampire chick was going around to, like, cruisy makeout spots. It's like she might as well have been, like, devouring gay guys in airport bathrooms. Oh, that's terrible. It really is. It's okay. They didn't even know what it was back then. Well, speaking of that, did you pick that line out of the uh, the Boomer Crusher episode? Where they're talking about, you know, she's undercover as a prostitute, 
and there's these women standing around soliciting people, and one of them responds to the prostitute, no thanks, I'm from Massachusetts. <laughs> I don't even know mean? what that's supposed to mean. Uh, I want Urban Dictionary to tell me, oh no, why did I open the Firefox window? Okay, oh, dude. Okay. It doesn't look like it slowed down. <laughs> Let's see what Urban Dictionary has to say about well, I'm just going to compile this 3D image while we're doing this audacity. It's going to work out just fine. Shut don't up, worry about it's it. fine. <laughs> Massachusetts. I think I probably spelled it wrong. <laughs> it's got two S's, or four S's and two T's. Jesus. It's only three S's. Two T's, a chew in the middle of it. <laughs> Come on, Massachusetts. God, it's the ugliest name ever written. It's a whole lot of Chusets. Most decently populated per, most densely. That's not how you spell that word. State per square mile in the Northeast, known for the Red Sox, Patriots, so annoying sports franchises, highways with two two names, Dunkin' Donuts, Wicked Bad Grandma. <laughs> I guess these are all things that would make you that was the best part about to go to a um, prostitute. Uh, God, what was that movie? The Departed, with like all the Boston accents. They were like, pack the car in Harvard Yard. <laughs> Uh, it's like this is basically just a scene for scene remake of Infernal Affairs, isn't it? Pretty Which much. Is fine. Like, but Infernal Affairs was a good movie, so I don't think it really needed the remake. Alex's stance on this is that you should only remake movies that suck. <laughs> Which is not an untenable position. He was like, they remade the thing, and the remake was awesome. Because, <laughs> you know, the original thing was like from like the 50s and sucked ass. Yeah. And then John Carpenter remade it, it was totally sweet. So, he's at least got that movie in its corner. <laughs> it's probably true. One thing they should not do is spin off any more Bubblegum Crisis. Or if you're going to spin off Bubblegum Crisis, spin off of the original, please. They did that. It was called Bubblegum Crash. All right, you're right. That one also failed. Yeah. <laughs> I think really, the only spin off that's half decent is 80 Police. And that's sort of like... It's also got the weird sex stuff in it, but it's much more expertly held. It's better accomplished. Yeah. doesn't make you and feel get... kind of weird. It's not as exploitive. Like, I'm not necessarily opposed to that kind of stuff, but it can't... You know, if its only purpose is to sort of be weird, which is what this yeah. feels like, yeah, I'm not yeah. really down with that. Then what, what the hell is the point of that? And also, why do they... uh? See, like, they want you to care about all these characters, like, when the boomer cop, which doesn't even make any sense. These are the cops whose job it is to kill boomers. Why would they have a boomer sidekick who's basically (laughs) just supposed to be daily but a robot? Like, (laughs) sort of less gay. (laughs) They Um, actually talk about him. He he sends out a – what's that guy's name? Hold on. Let me look it up. I have it in my notes. Kincaid, I think. Kimball. 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 Detective John Kimball. (laughs) So Kimball, like at some point, Michelson receives a distress a distress call call from Kimball, and she doesn't understand why anybody would go to help him, or at least that's what you get from her response. She's like, "Why would Kimball be sending a distress call? Nobody cares about him. He might as well be yeah. dead in the gutter right now." And then Thanks, somebody says, "Douche," buzzes with him, and then she's like, "Oh, we gotta hurry." <laughs> Poor Kimball. And then Kimball sacrifices himself to save that bitch. Well, like- what's even better is. I love it how in the show she says, after the missiles blow up an entire bridge that their car is on, 
Yeah. Michelson says, Kimball shielded my body. I don't know how he did it. Yeah. Well, that's convenient because I don't know how either. <laughs> she gets off pretty easy, too. That car was going like 70 up. miles an hour. Yeah, and there was an explosion. That they fell, like, from the explosion, they fell like 300 feet into the ocean below. What was he shielding you in from? In a flaming car. The explosion or the grinding impact with the asphalt that would have also surely killed you? I don't know. She was all right. She was a little scraped up. But it was like sexy kind of scraped up. She basically had a limp. Even though, you know, yeah. she should have had a full body limp. She's like inched up with her head. She like drags herself up with her chin. Yeah. Dra- <laughs> Fires the gun with her the tongue. With her Kim mouth. Kimmel managed to save me. I'm only a paraplegic now. Or a quadriplegic. <laughs> Shoots uh, the corrupt politician in the ankle. <laughs> oh. My only weakness. Yeah, but I don't know. You're going to kill this guy. We've only been watching this show for 90 minutes and not a particularly good 90 minutes. So you have a lot of faith in your characters to think I'm actually going to care when you (laughs) kill the least likable of the unlikable characters. I don't know. Maybe he's, I guess he's probably more likable than the helicopter chick. Yeah, he's totally more likable than Michelson because she is sort of bewilderingly pathetic. At first, you think she's going to be all tough and hard nosed. And then she's all, nobody notices that I'm a woman. Yeah. And by that point, But even though she's I a girl, she can still do police work good. <laughs> I love it how in the episodes, like, doesn't anybody know I'm a woman? They have her run around the whole episode half naked. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. <laughs> just in case you people in the audience forgot. She's like chasing robots in her prostitute disguise. It's like, you don't like me because I'm not a sultry spy that smokes cigarettes and is only in two scenes in the whole show. And I'm also supposed to care about her when she gets, you know, killed at branch headquarters with the computer guy. But now it's great. See, now they're they're past behind them. Buzz and Michelson can start a new sexy relationship. Don't do the dishes, Michelson. He's yeah. just setting you up. If you hear a saxophone, you better run. That's how he gets his jollies off. Oh, honey, I love this song. Blam, blam! The saxophone is a gun. It was you. Yeah, it was you all along. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs>